right, one, two, one, two. Yo, views before the six. That's right. Here episode we Episode one. Let's get it off. We got two very, very special guests. Guys who are not only pioneers, but I want to say pillars of Toronto's, yeah, you know, community. I'd say, I'd say uh, also visionaries. These two visionaries. Very people, much so. You know very I mean? much so. And they go by the name of DTS and John Bronski, who has a million aliases. You know, we'll get into that later. Yeah, check your license. That nigga could be on it, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Fellas, what up? What up? Okay, the first question we're going to ask everybody is, were you born in Toronto? No. No. DTS? No, I was not born in Toronto. I was born in Jamaica. Okay, let's just let everybody know. DTS, say what up. Yo, what's up? This is your homeboy DTS, chilling right here with my man Big Twiz. And John Bronski. Hey, how you doing? There it is, there it is. So now you can differentiate who's who. All right, so you you were born, sorry, you were saying? I was born in Jamaica. I was born in 1965. I come from a sound system family. Uh, we're located in between Montego Bay and the Grill. And my uncle used to play at the resorts down in the Grill, uh, he went by Soul Disco, so everybody now kind of time where the whole soul kind of thing yeah, came in. Yeah, so, word, yeah, word. Yeah. You know, from Soul Disco, Deep to the Soul, Soul Controllers, right? Pretty right, much. Right. That's that the res- whole that's the resonance. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, my original crew here is Powerhouse, Jane and Finch, Jamestown. We actually bridged the gap with all of that with the violence and stuff through music. So, yeah, that's at least some of it. That's, when I, that's, that's, that's when I was a shorty going to, before I even knew you, man, I was going to your jam, sneaking <laughs> into parties, man. Bronski? Um, I was born I was born 1965 in East London, England. Word. Um, I'm, I'm the child of uh, black revolutionary parents, one Jamaican, one Guyanese. Okay. <laughs> bomb, bomb. <laughs> All right, and bring up to the prodigal mom, okay? Ta- yeah, I'm from Tottenham, yeah. And you guys, I know this, both grew up in Rexdale, yeah. west side of the city. Yeah. How old were you? Do you remember how old you were when you came here? <laughs> Let Dave tell the story. Uh, yo, check it out. I know John, a.k.a. John Bronski, since 1976. Wow. Right? So I come to Canada, and they put this dude to kind of... in. Get no, me in school when they, they oh, yeah. show you yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. the guy yeah, that takes you around and shows you like yeah details wow. was fresh off the boat literally yep. I think okay. he just I think yep. he still had like the airplane wiper in his chest. was was he wearing a Gianzi that's what I want to know no but he's no. had the Air Canada stick on okay, his chest. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they 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 didn't have the barcodes at that time okay okay they yeah, didn't yeah. have the barcodes oh, at that time and uh, grade six at Elm Bank community yeah Elm Bank Elm Bank Middle School. Right there at Finch. Who's that, that teacher's name? Um, I remember our right, our, these two running our gym teacher was yeah. what, Mr. Bushy or Mr. something. Like that. So yeah, and then yeah, that was the thing. It was the end. Of, it was the end of the year in grade six. I came in like with like three three, three days left before summer. Not even that. No, no. It was a week because we did the track. We did track. We were the relay yeah. team. That's right. We were the relay Woo. team. <laughs> yeah. Jama- Jamaicans running Jamaicans fast running from the side. We were the relay team. Yo. We were the relay team. Wow. In other words, John was the second fastest when I came to the school. He was the third fastest after I got there. <laughs> <laughs> and so what? At this point, were you already into music? I, I was around it my whole life. Okay. So, um... Anywhere from 
genres of music from country to western to soul to um, reggae, like roots reggae, ska, um, all of that kind of stuff. It was that was what I was about coming into Canada, and um, that was really it. Bis- disco was like the biggest thing at that time. And what about you, Bronski? You like yeah, it was different because coming from England, we, I wasn't really up on the reggae at all. But all the soul funk stuff, like reggae and all this, and my dad has a very big jazz collection. Too, okay, so, word. Yeah, it was just a lot of that. So this is, we're saying the 80s, how did you guys find hip-hop? How did you find DJing? Was it reggae DJing first and soul music? Or like, how'd you, how'd, how'd you find DJing? Let's, let's get well, that first. Well, I'll tell you this much. I watched everybody DJ back in the day. Right. right? Because when, when I started, or just getting ready to start, first of all, I was very intimidated. Right? Because all the cats, what was around me, they come from a sound system family, right? Mm-hmm. Right, where it's pretty much DJing was a sound system thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, bedroom DJs came in after, right, right, right. You know, but at the same time, it was just gear around sound system. So, being in Jamestown, being in Rexdale, in the Howards, there's always going to be a house party. We are right. the originators of day parties. Mm-hmm. Lot, when I say day parties, I mean like mom left the house like by eight o'clock. By nine o'clock, sound system is strung <laughs> up in the basement, yeah. right? And that's just the whole neighborhood. And the na- the whole neighborhood was it was a group effort. It was a group <laughs> effort. Everybody helped take out and put in and like all of that stuff. We we cooked all the food. Word. We provide like we provided everything what it was needed because it was working together as a community, and that's why I feel that I always stuck to that because hip hop, it's all about community. That's right. The right. So, you know, not everybody does the same thing and not at the same level at the same time. So there's just different things coming in. But the DJ part of it came in from watching cats. Stringing up sound system, just yeah, getting getting ready to to do certain things, and just going into their basement is like wall to wall vinyl, and this is like seventy nine, eighty, mm-hmm. right around right, right. that time. I think at the time, I think we were lucky at the time that we came up at the time. Just young, we were young, we were younger to cats who were already putting in work. So Dave lived on John Garland, and the next section of the house is back in him. JC from Sunshine. Yeah, JC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get it? Because there's a a conversation me and you had had a while back, and I remember asking you who you remember as being the first Toronto rappers, which we'll get into after. But you made this statement to me, and it was like, well, you got to remember, when I was going out looking for hip-hop, I wasn't looking for rappers. I was looking for DJs. Right. Right? So let's, I mean, let's talk about that. All the DJs. You got, like, Sunshine, well, Kilowatt. Hold on. Exactly. So let me break down the neighborhood now. So JC lived the section behind DTS. Okay. And he was running for Sunshine. So when he would practice, cats would be like 12 dudes just hanging outside in the alleyway listening to what came out the bedroom. And he purposely would turn up the music. Word. And practice. And then when he got to know him, we mean DTS would be going upstairs and checking what he was doing. Do you get it? Yeah. That's right? that, that's that's just the Caribbean kind of right. way of playing music. Because you always, if you go to Jamaica, you go, I remember I was in Jamaica, even as, I'm not Jamaican, but even going, the one apparent thing was, it was always music playing. Like, yeah. no matter what time you're awake in Jamaica, you'll always hear music. 
It's almost like a saying, from a car, from a window, from a thing in the middle of the day. And that's that's what her took to like New York. Say when you go to New York, you'll always hear hip hop. People don't know that it's like you always hear it from a window mm -hmm. and it's a sound. And it's like the sound, that same concept, you know what I mean? It, and up here, we had so much of a population that's been here from the late 60s that was just like, you know what I mean? It's, it was natural to, to say I, that. I think really what it is, it's like being in Toronto, being multicultural as, as it is, everybody kept the, back yeah, home. Yeah. Back home yeah, yeah, and yeah. They brought this here and, you know, slowly just kind of took over. Well, that's my whole thing, right? Like, even... I'm going to post episode zero, which was like a little 15-minute talk me and Thrust had done. And we were saying, I w in that, I was saying, when Drake did uh, Views, and it came out, and everybody's like, oh, he's doing the Patois thing, he's trying to bite from Skepta. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Have you never heard of Mishimi, let alone a Cardi, to know that's a very Toronto thing? And or have you ever just been to Toronto and just walked around and see what everybody talks? Because I think you know that's I mean? a that's, big thing. That's, that's, that's the base of it. That's hip-hop. It's like going around your environment and see how, how things are and expressing it. So if you walk around here, everybody, that accent just rubs off on you no matter what. Right, ninety percent of the ninety to ninety-five percent of the the, the uh, Caribbean population this time in Toronto was Jamaican. So yeah. no matter what, you are what you surround yourself. So you're gonna pick up that axe. That's just a natural thing, and it just gets bigger and bigger, right? That's I just think up. that a big part of our sound is influenced, obviously, by the multiculturalism, well, yeah, and that's course. and that's the reason why I want to ask everybody if they were born here, right? Because mm -hmm. that helps make people understand that, that the Toronto sound is this combination of multiculturalism, right? Yeah, and the Toronto sound is, is basically Toronto, like what makes Toronto? Yeah, that's the identity To a certain extent, too, but I gotta think that also happens in other places, too, like in right. London. No, it does happen in other places, but this is, so. a, this is the, the place, it's London, New York, and Toronto that have that, that population outside of the Caribbean that's huge, it has that influence, that cultural influence, and it will mix it to the diaspora. But the difference about Toronto is Toronto, like when you go to New York, it's still segregated in the neighborhoods. That's the only difference I find like going both sides of the board between New York and Toronto. So you have all these different cultures, but the Spanish people are all over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Caribbean people are all yeah, live in this part. Hold on, you know, let me finish my point. My point is, you come here, it's the most diverse. I went to England too. England's there, but it's still separated. In Toronto, when you go on every street, every bus car, we have this, our level of multiculturalism is like the highest. Multiculturalism is like on the highest level, in a sense. Okay, so wait, hold on. Let's get, let's get back to what we were talking about anyways. So, JC from Sunshine lived behind you. You guys would be listening to the music. Yeah, and then remember Jamie Lopi from Kilowatts lived over, remember Ronnie Lopi? Yeah. Lived over there the stuff by John Garland and Kipling. So we, so we got a, like a neighborhood, and then I saw Raw Williams. Yeah. And Dexter Williams, remember? Yeah, those are, those were our two ballers in the community as far as like the baller family was <laughs> the Williams. The Williams. Okay. The kids, the average height like, was six four. Yeah, and, and that, that also the girls. That includes the girls. Okay. <laughs> so it's like everything was hand in hand. It was just like hip hop has been basketball from the jump, right? Yeah. And because most of those people who are going to the NBA or even play basketball are from the hood. Most of their friends are either DJs, MCs, or beat makers. So that still always kind of tie in with everything what we did. So um, Kilowatt, Sunshine. Sunshine, and then, you know, we had our own crew in Rexdale, Freedom Force Crew, which is Cleo 
and Cleo and JC. They live together. They live together. Okay. Right? Wow. So with that sound right there, Freedom Force Crew is actually a sound system what was made up of a collective of different people like uh, Wayne Porter, a.k.a., you know, the Rude Boy Crew. Rude Boy know, MCs. Rude mm-hmm. Boy MCs featuring Kid Flash. Right, wow. and Kid Flash was like 13 years old at the time, going back to back on last night said it all. I simply had a ball, right, right, right. and you know the fun part of hip hop in those days was like just going to a school dance, going to West Humber school dance, and mm-hmm. see Sunshine strung up, Donovan Sound Crew strung up, and right there it wasn't a clash, but when you go to a place where there's two set up. We're playing for the crowd. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, not playing for yeah. each other. We're playing for the crowd. So I watched Kid Flash go up against JC, and the party was just like the most ill party ever. And it was no ego. It was no like, oh, oh, this one did this one. Or, no, it was just like, yo, did you hear that tune? What Sunshine played? Did you hear the bass? Yo, did you hear this? Mm-hmm. Right? So the collective of like Billing Sounds and Freedom Force Crew is a part of a bigger sound crew, which is uh, uh, stereo uh, Studio 60, 64, right? Which is the Leachy family, right? They're still in Rexdale. I go check them each and every Friday. Wait, 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 wait hold on. Yeah. You, 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 you skip, what about Powerhouse? You're Powerhouse? Right Powerhouse came after. Oh, okay, okay. You see, asking. Powerhouse came after. I was just asking. Powerhouse <laughs> came yeah, after. Because yeah, the way how it went, it was like Big Sound on Road is Sunshine. That's the big right, dog, yeah. right? right, right? right. And the hierarchy of most of the sound system, right, really started started with Maceo. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Maceo, Sunshine, right? And then there's other sounds will come, like City Crew from Buffalo. There was Kilowatt, Kilowatt yeah. right? right? There's Donovan Sound Crew, right? There's a whole bunch of different sound crew. I would put it that Powerhouse came in, I would say, 84 Powerhouse was you. Yeah. Who else? It was, um, he goes by... Um, Al? Yeah, well, he goes by, right now, no, he's still spent. Everybody who's Al, been a part of Pearl Bullet, Pearl Desmond. Oh, Bullet. Um, I remember Box. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll put okay. it to you like this, okay, right? Powerhouse right. Sound Crew. Give them the history, DTS. Right. These kids need this. They need to know right? this, see, man. Okay, hold on. Let me tell you. Let me, let me, let me, okay, let me put this in perspective. DT, I, I've, I've got to college or something. I come back. And DTS, yeah, man, I'm rolling up in Jan Fitch. Come with me, John B. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to... What the fuck I'm going to Jan Fitch with you for, son? He's like, yo, come with me. Come with me, man. So go to this party up in Jan Finch, man. Everyone knows DTS. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> You're like, what's going on? <laughs> Tripping. So he's like hanging with this crew called Powerhouse. So I'm like, oh, okay. You guys were playing Schoolie D. I remember the party was some house party in Albion. And, and okay, well, hold on, hold on. Let's take it back a step then, right? So we have all the sound crews. Yeah. When does rappers start coming into it? Because I know Butch Lee is a part of Sunshine. Did you? Who was the rapper out of your crew? We had the Death 3 MCs. Death 3 MCs. I still connect with them. Right? So those cats were just, they're just guilty by association. It's mm-hmm. just like, they've been in the neighborhood. They've been around all of us. We go roller skating every Monday, roller ladies skating. night. Roller we Like, you know, all of these things, it just it just falls into place. We didn't 
directly say, yo, no, you're, you're the, the MC for the crew. No. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times it didn't work that way. And in the same way when it came to B-Boys and dancing, right? It was just like, you know, Blast and Cougar always went to every jam, mm -hmm. right? But I would say if it came down to, if I was pick dancers for Powerhouse, it would be Black Eye, right? Yeah, and yeah, DRK. Please, DRK. Right? Yeah. And those are the people what it was just like they're between Rex and Jamestown also yeah. mm -hmm. so when it comes yeah, down true. to it it's just like it's Louie and them the Dream Warriors okay be they were dancing well, no they're powerhouse they're powerhouse what it was was that powerhouse had a crew of dudes that would follow them around not like I wouldn't say fans but like hooligans okay right? so if anything went wrong at the party they kind of handled it they would handle it yeah. Right. And that was Louie. That was quality control. <laughs> it's called quality control. We do that it shit. Was, it was James the Hood. Okay. So wait, did, did Kilowatt have an MC? Kilowatt yeah, was yeah. Lady P. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Lady that's yeah. Okay, okay, okay yeah, yeah. And right? that's how Bush Lee got in. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's like the MCs. It was sound systems. It right. wasn't. It was sound systems, and there was toasters. Right. 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 Okay? Right, right. Of course. When the toasting starts, then Man. the rapping started coming in. Evolving, so when Rappers yeah. Delight came out in 79 or something like that, that's when it more went mainstream as far as like seeing that shit on 60 Minutes and yeah. everybody else is seeing that. So now every school dance will have like an open mic. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? And that's pretty much where MCs came and they made their name. Yeah. It all depends what you did. You were a buster on Monday, Friday, you go to the party, nobody knew you could rap. Yo, next week, Monday, Whoop. the whole school knows who you are. Right. Right. right so right, right. you had to pay your dues by actually doing what you needed to do. I mean, who were some of the first guys you remember rapping? I remember Shabadoo. Okay. Oh, shit. I completely forgot. Yeah, okay. You forgot Shabadoo, yeah. okay. MC. Yeah. And right. he's also, you know, one of the ill dancers also. Um, there's... There's a lot. There's there's a lot. But at the same time, it's I could shout out names, but okay. for a I lot remember. of people will know the right. names of these people because these are the people where it's just like, yeah, that's cool. That's what I do. But you know what? I got to go to work. Right? The guys that for me is like the Rexler guys. So uh, the, the, the Rude Boys, Wayne Porter yeah. and Donald and, and Junior because... They had a show. It wasn't just like guys rapping. They actually had a show. Right, right, yeah, right. right. Like a Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick type of show. Okay. Very, and how would I say, interactive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Very that interactive. Based. That was very kind of reggae-based and shit. And they would do it over reggae beats and hip-hop beats. Dope. See? But the unique thing about that, I feel that Kid Flash was the very first one where I would say, as a DJ... What was back in three MCs? Mm -hmm. He because he didn't rock with a sound system. He played on a sound system, but at the same time he was just He's an entity guy. on his own. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. So and he represent those three MCs. And most of the things what I seen these people do in a party, it's you know, it's just stuff what you put in movies. Yeah, you know where exactly. it's like you playing a song and do this rapping and the whole works. Next thing you know, you feel the surge. So you know? Sending you some roses. So they'll break what? down, they'll make the party fun because they'll look around the party and it's yeah. just like individually just... Do you go in the, the back? Yeah. I'm sending you some roses. So 
Dynamite D, a.k.a. Donald, to the girl that won't let me in. I'm sending you, you some roses. roses. <laughs> <laughs> like, those kind of things. Don't watch no face. Cause we in the place yes, already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. those those yeah. kind of, like, innovative kind of and this is at the cheerful party, fun. This is, like, live at the party. Interactive, man. It was very interactive. See, you guys talked about the rollers... Like the roller skate jams, Huge, a lot of yeah. people, especially because Rexdale ran an album in twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, roller skate, but it yeah. was big all over. Big there was Mimico, there was Mimico, there's the Terrace. There was a lot of roller skates. That was that was the bridge. The all nighter was the first black rave. Okay. The all night roller skating jam was the first black rave. It started at 11, 12 o'clock, and it mm-hmm. went to seven in the morning. This Whoa, is like 1979, dope. 80, 81, 82. It just kept on going like yeah. that. So, <clears throat> people didn't know how big roller skating was. I feel like it's either that, you know, even if I wasn't really in the era, the tail of going out of town, but it was the same. When you hear how huge part, it yeah, was yeah, in Toronto, like Toronto had a huge, like, it was big. It was huge, man. The other thing would be like the banquet hall scene, because I know that also that growing after, up in Red Yeah. Was yeah. yeah. That happened after a role, like really during and a yeah. bit after because really I think, um Maple Leaf Ballroom right down yep. on St. Clair right there. That was the spot for New Year's Eve. Was another mm-hmm. place, right? Yeah. Well, right. there's a whole there's a whole lot and I think now oh, when yeah. I look back right at right it, I think now. the direction that Toronto was going in now. I think it'd be good to see if people started doing what had happened in the late 80s where cats start, started renting the Italian banquet hall or the Jewish banquet hall. Or the church hall. basements and all those kind of like... Not, no, not, I think I all know. kind of places were just being rented. Yeah, I mean, like going top-notch, dog. I mean, like, yeah. bring it above ground. Like, effectively bring it above ground and, like, actively understanding how to put a party on because they know there's no place to have a party. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. for Powerhouse... We made our name at Albion Community Center, uh, right there at Albion and Kipling. I grew right up there. across the street from okay, there. So went to summer camp. So you have you have you have Albion Mall across the street. You have the library. library then you have the, the ice rink. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. then you have pretty much the center, and then you have you know where you go swimming. So that area right there, it was run by the city. So yeah. now we have to go in and talk to somebody. And then we get the permit Correct. and the whole works. And from having the exactly. permit, making sure that now we have security. Security, security. Yeah. Exactly. Right? right? So all of these things were was done together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was actually done together. It's just like, we'll be dealing with the sound. You know, John might be dealing with something more to do with the, the promotion part of it. Right? And making sure, like, just everybody knows. So big part of the whole scene is from you know the community centers to yeah. like the banquet halls and all of that so if you were in Flemo it was Flemington Park um, um, Arena we knew, cats, we knew mm-hmm. cats in all these neighborhoods right. like Howard Hughes aka Shaft from Africa oh yeah yeah so he Chick Dynasty Chick right? Dynasty Chick. that's how they ran Flemington Park that's right yep so right. when you hear okay. Powerhouse you hear Jane and Finch when you hear <laughs> exactly. So every there was every neighborhood had its crew and it had its community center and everyone knew it. and it it was like common knowledge just how you ran your shit. Okay. Right? And but I, I don't think that happens today Toronto too. No, it doesn't. It got okay. too, it grew into like clubs in downtown and See all the, the way how it used to go is like Sunshine, number 1 block or south, St. George, okay? Okay. Almost practically where CIUT was. Okay. Okay. And from there, you would say now, Chic Dynasty, Flemo, yep. Flemington Park Arena, right? 
You have so Jamestown. Who did downtown? Alexander Park and down the Blanco downtown. Infamous. There's like little events too, right? It was Sunshine, Sunshine Blanco, like St. George Blanco. They had yeah. by U of T yeah. down there right by the old See, Powerhouse, we had John Booth Arena and Downsview Arena. Okay. And also Driftwood Community Center. So Driftwood Community Center played right, a sure big him? part, a big part of like just the culture itself of like new cats like I, I remember being there, spinning, and the next thing I know, ultra-magnetic MCs is in the house. At Driftwood Community Center. At Driftwood, at Jane and Finch. Yeah. And the reason why, because Ron Nelson is promoting, he had his his party the Saturday night. These guys are still in town. So the biggest thing is the following day. So oh, yeah. we always, it's like you went where hip-hop even, was. Even Concert Hall. Yeah, yeah. Concert Hall was based on the same, which is like the main, like, the Apollo of Toronto, in a sense, and yeah. the main place. Of course. Yeah. And, and it was the same thing. Like, that was the place. You know what it came down to? That's the place where black people could get a permit and put something on. Because we couldn't get into mm-hmm. a, a lot of other buildings. So, yes, access to certain spots. And everyone in the city knew those spots. And when they saw the flyer with the logo and the stamp, I mean, the powerhouse, boom, there was an official thing to it, too, with the promotion. Well, it was like it was like getting a CD cover, a lot of the flyers. Like, too. So it's like, once you've seen that, and that little the guy on the community radio said, boom, and you know, okay, we're going up here, bam, it's all connected. On, yeah. the, on the west side and around the St. Clair area, there are all these banquet halls. There was La, La Rotonda. Yeah. Oh, yeah, La Rotonda. Yeah. There's La, Raviera, La, La Riviera. Yeah. Just where... Hungarian Lounge. No, no, because yeah. Riviera, what was yeah. across the street from where Blade Runner is now? Uh, that was the Riviera, Rogers and Dufferin. Yeah. La Caverna, there's Oakwood and Vaughn. No, um, the Cave. The Cave. Cave. That's La oh, Caverna. Yeah, the we just call it, we just call it, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Cave. Right? Yeah. And Maple Leaf Ballroom down in St. Clair. Yeah. So there's a lot of banquet halls in a small area, dude. And that used to be a party. Even Fremington Park used to have parties in there. Downtown guys used to have parties in there. I also got a big up. I got a big up George, man. George GQ Supreme. Yeah, GQ Team. Supreme yeah. Sound. He used to rent a right? lot of equipment yep. to cats, man. He was mad. And so he was the one who actually had the whole Italian scene. Yeah. Because okay. the, the yeah. Italian scene was mention, very yo. big mention, in the evolution of like yeah. Toronto sound and yeah. actually the way how things kind of branched off. Mm-hmm. So I, right? I'm going to assume those guys were playing a lot of disco. No. It, well, yeah, no. I mean, like they play like a lot of uh, Miami, what we consider like Miami type. Okay, dance word, stuff, word, word, right? word. Yeah. But. George and them played like a lot of like hip hop. They, they love hip hop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they love hip hop. That's the untold truth. They love hip. They yeah. were at the hip hop jams and they loved it. it. Was like that. Was, oh yeah. It's like a lot of groups on. That was Scarborough. Yeah. That was Scarborough. Yeah. We used to drive all up to George's place to pick up gear. Dude. Even here, Duffin and Ozzy, you go to the parking lot up there. Duffin right by Duff, right down the street from here, man. And all the cars and they're playing. They're playing like the hip hop we were playing. But that's when hip hop was more electro with that. Yeah, yeah, I was in high school. Electro kind of Bosco. sound, man. But they were all into it. And then the branch stuff. Nucleus. And if you listen to all the sound That's when everybody started to yeah. kind of separate. Yeah. yeah. There's a split. Nucleus, like, yeah. you know, Jam on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And Owlfish. Yeah. You know? Oh. Th- that's Philly. where, that's where yeah. I would say more the Italians and the Greeks and everybody and the started. And the started to sound like those records. You right? take the vocals off those records and go listen to the sound. Yeah. It's the same production. But the funny thing was that when I was in high school, so I started high school in 1980. Okay. September 1980, grade, grade 9 at Don Bosco High School. The, 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 the Italian kids were so funky. Their big song was Funkin' for Jamaica. That's the type of funk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I, was sw- I was swapping Cerno's Devoid of Funk quotes with Italian dudes at school. From Parliament, Funkadelic, from Flashlight. Okay. 
Big up Frankenstein, yo. Oh, Frankie Anno. Oh, Frankie Anno, of yeah. course. Right? Yeah, yeah. Woodbridge, Woodbridge, that's, that's, how, yeah. that's how... They listen, their level of funk was at that level of, like, Gap Band. And, yep. You know, word, like, word, what we, word, like, word. you know, like, what we consider, like, Lopez-type funk, you know what yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? Yep. But then when Nucleus dropped... Yeah. They yeah. like, that's us. It was like, that's us, man. They found a new... They, that was their lane, man. Right, yeah. right, that, right, that, right, That was their lane, and... And they stuck in that. And that stuck in that lane, man. all that yeah, guy. That's yeah, that's so that's that's where all the guys yeah. yeah. little B. Yeah. Debbie, Debbie. But no one talks weekend. about that. This is the first time you really... Because people don't really talk about yeah. that. Because they were, they were right but up there. up until that point, they, they listened were right to there. George Clinton, yeah, Tommy Word, word, yeah, word, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Leo, let's talk about Ron. His show was a funk show. Word, yeah. which evolved into becoming a, a more hip hop. Yeah, which where I mean, like, where does he play into all of this? Ron plays a fucking huge fucking role in all of this. Can I say something, Captain? Right. Thomas? All right. Because of Ron's radio show, it made me produce the baddest motherfucking radio show that would burn the land. And Ron was Word. the Ron. <laughs> master plan show. I grew up man. with That's Ron. Why. I was like in the crib, me, me and X from thing. So we grew up with Ron. Like Ron mentored us. That's even how I got into the scene. It was through like one of those electro like, like who did let the music play? Shannon. Yeah. We helped do a little promo for his little dance, right? And he was still doing the hip hop thing. That's the same time I we're talking about, right? Yeah. And we was right in the crib to see how Ron came. So Ron moved here just like these guys. We'll interview Ron later, but Ron moved here and he was like eight, I don't know, nine or ten. Same kind of move, right? But Ron, think about Ron is separating Ron. Everybody, Ron is the best promoter Toronto probably has ever seen. Ron is the blueprint for everything. I'm talking about the huge companies. You know what I mean? It, like he had the logo, the flyer, the way to present, the way to talk on the radio. He made the dope little commercial. He put it in his package that no one else could put in. You know what I mean? And then he was smart enough to put. You know the other the kilowatts, the sunshines, the TKOs, whatever on the building. He built a whole a brand like a thing. He was the first one to be the international concert promoter. Like he brought up right. four acts. He brought up you could see, you could see you run DMC. You could see uh, a New York versus Toronto. We has Karis yeah, one and everybody. Like he had that, that, that way. He went through the town like the eight. He took it to the next level. Like. He went through famous agency, like the biggest agency for music in the states. They knew Ron Nelson on a, like, hey Ron, what's up? Who do you want to bring? Word. You know what I mean? So that was the thing about Ron. I think one of the biggest shows, what really kicked off the city, was Run DMC. Come in here, the first Run time. DMC right. come in here, and that was at Heavens. I think the it first, was at Heavens. The right. first one was at Heavens, and that's right you gotta at tell, Young you gotta and tell, Blue. I was about to say, you got to say where Heavens is, right? In the subway, like in between, underneath, underneath, underneath the mall there. And at uh, Bloren, it's um, Bloren Young, Young, Young yeah, and Blue. Okay. Right? That subway, Down right there. There's an escalator that goes down. That there was a, a club. club. It was a that club. Oh, was a club. Right. Was a club in, the, in there. In there. Okay. Right? Called okay. Heavens. And that was a black club. Yeah. And <laughs> the After Hours Club was down no, the no street. Lie. was called Jonathan, Jonathan's. Right. Jonathan's. Oh, no, yeah. right? Heavens was a, right? a disco. It was, no, no. It was a disco. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. it, it was like the equivalency to uh, 54. 54. In Toronto yeah. okay. at the time. Right? Okay. Yeah. So very glitzy, very oh, yeah. this. So it was a humongous thing. To have this new crave, rap music and hip hop come and be there. And the place was just big and sunshine. (laughs) Sunshine. Sunshine. Sunshine did the sound. Big up Warren. I just saw Warren just recently. Did you guys guys know that I knew Warren since I was five years old? Like his dad and my dad, you know, know, y'all know my dad. You know my dad, especially. Warren's an electrician. My dad's a plumber. So they work. I know the Wembley family since they were like, whatever. 
So that's actually my bridge into hip hop too, the same thing. My dad used to let me go to the Sunshine Jams when I was like 15, 14, go out, oh, cause it's Warren's party. Your uncle Warren's there, you get what I'm saying? So it's funny how the ties that bind everything, right? I feel like this whole thing will start coming together as, as we start talking a little bit more. Right, Because right. a lot of the things I could tell you is left in the cloud. I'm not really the kind of person to reel off what I have done in the past unless I'm sitting around people who could actually say I was there. Word, because word, word. a lot of it, it's like I find right now with podcasts and with uh, people writing f Facebook, all of this, everything is kind of getting twisted, right? Right. And they feel like there's not people who actually have pictures and actually have flyers and have the history of this. That's right. right. That's what we got views you from know, the six. So views from the six, man. Views before the six. Oh, can, say. can I mention? Because if you that's, take off the paint, that's the premise. Off the wall mm -hmm. the escalator, you'll see a huge tag that African Bombada did. Oh, and word! Like, from the top of the stairs, right down to the entrance. That's dope. That's dope, man. Yeah. Views before the six, man. Because that's that's the problem, DTS, and that's why. When, Come on, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious like right? Five per performing at Jane and Finch. Beastie yeah. Boy, I, I right? met the Beastie right, Boys right. in Young Street, like going to to uh, Star Sound Records, like rolling up the street, like, and nobody knew them. Right up in Young Street, yo, Mike D, Ad Ra, holy. Yep. And yo, people packed, Young Street packed them like this. I so, mean, we're going to talk about Star crazy. Sounds, John Bronski, come on. You Star know? Sounds like. Which was, became what, tracks, right? Afterwards? Yeah, and it's because George yeah, yeah. from GQ That's Supreme George again, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. See? He took it over. Yeah, I think, what I, I'm beginning, like, I've noticed in 2016, people have yet to connect the dots mm -hmm. in Toronto. I think they think there's a lot of disconnect when there was a lot of connect. No, I know. A lot of people don't even know about New York versus T.O. jams. Yeah. Like, Come on, people don't that, even know yeah, about that yeah, straight. Yeah, you know what I mean? So let's going up against yeah, Rumble, Rumble. And then yeah. Cutmaster DC, DC, Brooklyn in the and house, going that, up Easy Rock. And Devour. Easy Rock. Easy Rock. I don't want to fall into a filibuster on that. But Until what? Sorry? A filibuster. But what I'm trying to say is just that I think, like, I was talking to Romeo yeah. yesterday, and he, it never occurred to him that I knew Big C. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then Big C went on to tell him how he used to hang out on our show and hang out with you through us, and that he used to be the doorman in our show and run, you know what I mean, and all this stuff before he got into hip-hop. So I mean... With that, I guess let's talk about the show, Master Plan Show. We have to touch on it. We have to. The, the longest you running. Hold on once. Yo, DRK. DRK, what up? We're in the middle of something right now. Say what up. I'm putting you on speaker. Everybody say what up to DRK, yo. Yo, DRK, yo, Derek, what, up? what up, man? Yo, what's going on, man? Oh uh, man, you know, it's your boy Thrust, man. Shit, long time. I always see you online, but you know, we here building a little something. Your name's, been, your name's been hot. You must have World domination. For, good, for the goodness, though, you know. We're talking about Finch, man. Foundation stuff. Recording something from, from this uh, podcast we're doing. Views before, okay. the, views before the Six. So, you know, if we're talking oh, yeah. about Views Before the Six and Toronto Foundation and DJs. And we, we got we got uh, DTS and Bronski here. And me and Tweez here. So, it's crazy right now. Nice. Trying nice. to talk about the DJing, like the jams and going to like the... Community centers, you know, we was rolling through all of them of together, man. So, of course, just, just seeing these guys course, tear it up. Yo, those are the good old, those are the, the days you can never replace. No, 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 never well, we, replace, man. What we were gonna just talk about is the master plan show 
And these guys, okay. how, how did the Master Plan Show come to be the Master Plan Show? Well, I remember, like, actually, just before the Master Plan Show, um, when um, Hutchie used to run Private Radio, and then they got shut down. And then, this is 89, Master Plan came in effect, man. And, like, it was, it was, it was Master Plan and CKLN. Yes, yeah, CHIY was there, but they were kind of starting to, you know, fade out a bit. And 89.5 started picking up, man. And CKLN was the, I guess you could say, the competition, you know, because their watts were just as powerful. So, word, word, word. Yeah, I got I mean, that, that, that right there was, that was my, for me, like, before I hit the scene, it was radio, man. Like, you know what I mean? You still got all those tapes, man. You had the most. I still money. got. I, I no. still got all the cassettes. Bro. I still got all my cassettes. Dude. DRK and the tapes, man. He has everything recorded. This dude right here. Older than my son, man. You know, from like the '80s, man. When again, D, when D would be doing blockos on Powerhouse, those are my first parties, man. Wow. You know, like, <laughs> that was my introduction to the scene. Was the blockos, man? So like, when when I hear, you know. This generation, like it's like I don't care mentality. Like you have to care, man. If you're part of this culture, because it's just like a religion. You care about religion. It's the same thing with the hip hop culture. It's a religion, man. Right, you know, right. you gotta care. For, you gotta care for it like that. And if you do, then you look at it the way I look at it, and so many others. It's yeah. just that's what it is. Again, like introductions to me, and if that, I didn't have that, I don't know how I would have got it. Yo, that's why. That's why I met people. Yo, DRK, let me and you yeah. catch up in a quick hot second. We're going to finish doing this. I'll holler at you after I'm done, all right? Yeah, D. Bless up, man. DRK, yes, peace, yes. brother. Yes, yes. Everybody, yeah. Yo, it's crazy because yeah. y'all even know before we even met you guys, me and Derek and, and Frankie like had a real close relationship. And we was always going to y'all parties. Way, like, I've been going to Pops parties like you don't even know how long. And then we became like friends just through going through the culture of it, right? So it's cool to hear that. And the timing, what timing for the call. So I think <laughs> around 89, 90, I come back. I was working at Star Sounds. I got to England. Hold on one second. What happened? I mean, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait oh, oh, you know what? I actually forgot something. Did you not have a show at CHRY first? Yeah, I worked Okay, with yeah. Gary Wright. Exactly. Would you with Mitch? Down. You were doing Mitch? No, Gary Wright. Gary Wright. Oh, Gary, that's, Gary that's what I'm thinking. Not Mitch, I'm thinking okay, Gary Wright. Yo, let's talk yo, about Gary. Right. Yeah, it was like the Englishman crew. Yo, before he <laughs> starts with that story, I'm going to let him just put a pin in that. Yeah, put a pin You in see, that. John Bronski is a great writer. Right? Word. Everything he's Word. doing right now is everything what he wanted to do from we met each other. Right? Word. But at the same time, there was a pack what he just actually just kind of just fell in his lap that way. Right? Yeah. And it wasn't an easy one. Word. Right? But the one thing I remember is that we would go record shopping and... I was like, yo, JB, I'm going to go record shopping. Yo, you want to fall through, right? Yo, check this out. I got all of this new music from New York, but at the same time, the crew up in Jane and Finch ain't feeling this, right? And I'm going, this is the cutting edge shit what's coming in right now. Yeah. So I playing this. These are all brand new house tracks. This is what the biggest club thing what was happening. So we went to, we went down to Star Sounds and we're there and we're always talking with people and stuff like that. It so happened that I had my record bag with me and we're talking about, yo, we got 
the latest music we played in store and dude was just like everybody's coming up oh my god what's this where did you get this blah 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 jb always does the talking jb did the talking explain the whole thing the next thing i know he has a job working at the record store okay, okay. right from working at the record store and having a job at the record store he turned into the very first kind of tastemaker mm-hmm. right from there now all of the djs who come into the city this is to come like shopping 1988 89 right, right. right. Okay. and then taste making in 88 and you didn't you didn't talk you didn't talk about your your writing because he's because no. you were at street sound that yeah. whole street sound time too that yeah. kind of tied in the low because star sound yeah. star sound eventually had that's right people sorry sorry people that don't know that you wrote for the source right? no people don't know i wrote no. for the source people don't know i wrote for the source yeah <laughs> so true. from working at the record store they came out and they wanted to do newsletters to let people know music, what's coming in and stuff like that. Singles and of course, music. John is there and we are big into hip hop. John, Brans- John Bronski rap was one of the top articles in hip hop across world. America. In the, in the world. Oh, in the world, right. dude, period. I mean, it, was like, it was international. That's yeah. the thing about Bronski. Yeah. So true, man. So from there, yeah. That's how he ended up at CHRY. So now you could tell about the UK link up. Right. So because of the street sound thing, because I was going back to England, my grandfather had died and I got back to London a couple of times. Um, so, and in doing so, using like, now that I was writing, just got in contact with people. And next you know, and I'm hanging out with Tim Westwood, I'm in West London with the Lalo Mighty Ethnics. Um, Lelo Labrick Grove. Grove. Um, and then the whole house thing too. Um, so just getting into more house, like Chris Forbes was the big house guy. Okay. And he did the biggest house show on Capitol Radio in London. And so knowing my house again, I got with Chris Forbes and blew his mind. So I started getting promos. So I started getting English house promos. And then it's just morphed into a whole taste making thing. That's the thing, yeah. So he needed an outlet. And Gary Wright was getting ready. Yeah, and that's what happened. So, okay, I, started, I was I started. I'm the I'm. I, I I brought back Voodoo Ray from England. Okay, a guy called Gerald, the first Acid House record. Right, right, right. So right, right. that's the kind of things that was coming back from London with. Yeah. That's when I'm like, yo, got some new joints. <laughs> People would always out. go to John like you when I was like 18, 16, 17. Yeah. People are always like he was the ultimate like so, one of the. Just taint, became one of the tastemakers in the city. The, yeah. Probably one of the biggest. I haven't really almost. I don't want. I never even said this before you, but almost on a way like you see how you see Russell Simmons became like a tastemaker in so many levels. Right, 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 like right, right. That now that I'm just in this conversation because like so we we came up together. It's, it's standing back. Yeah, it's like that. So from that, you so know? to see at your wide thing with Gary Wright in the midweek mixdown because Gary was another English guy and that's the thing Gary was one of my idols in high school we used to call him English he was okay. the, he was one of the first guys you see at the track meet with the first JVC radio and he had all the beats mm-hmm. so when he said oh, oh, come do this radio show it was like let's go man let's go man do that I'm going you right so that parlayed to the master plan show yeah kind of because I always wanted to do a radio show me and DTS have been talking about it forever because one of the things that bugged us about Ron was that it didn't sound like a rap show no that's okay. the mom was a 
a promoter of yeah. on level. As I said, promoter. I didn't say he's the best and DJ. or the best. So sound. And at the you time, I mean? and at the time, you like you like we got tons of BLS and Mr. Magic tapes. Okay. And I remember I used to just I used to do this whole Mr. Magic imitation at the time. Like let your fingers do the walking, that dedication to the talking right here. Yours truly, Mr. Magic WBLS. I used to do a whole thing, dude. And like and with that, we would meet DTS and I would get high and drink. Like yo, you mean to the radio show? It's gonna sound like this, man. And. Uh, CIUT happened. It's okay. gonna sound like the world famous Supreme, Supreme Team. That was the thing, yeah. So okay, as okay. a kid, as a kid, I used to spend, that was the model. Yeah, so I, 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 I used to get shipped off to New York a lot as a kid and as a little kid too. And I used to listen to the radio on the AM FM with the earplug at night in bed. And the, the world famous Supreme Team was was like, okay. So who is the original master plan? It's you guys. Yeah. Power, um, power, and motion. motion. Okay. So we had applied for, we did an application for at CIUT. Yeah. Uh, for me and DTS, and we handed it in, and they liked it. And then Motion and Power had done one too, so they thought that we should do the show every other week, and we did that for about a year, I think. Okay. And then the first fundraising happened, and then we, you know, we said, okay, we'll do it together. And then I remember getting with Motion and them, and we had met Power before because. At the CHOY mix off. That's the very power, first, that's the power power first time we met. Oh, okay. That's yeah, how yeah. I won his club. That's how I won his club. I mean, that's so he remembered us from there because yeah. I was one of the judges yeah. and DTS was actually in the competition. I right. had a splint on his finger, yo. Yeah. So, <laughs> in the competition. Yeah. So, when he realized it was us, he was like, oh, okay, I can get with this. And then when we did the show, it was on fire. Okay. okay. I think the phones just blew up. And then that was an homage again to it totally juxtaposed. How Ron Nelson had did his show. Word. You, okay. you have to explain your show. His show had like the one thing about your show, like you had the crazy <laughs> drops, the See? spots, and then because John was like he was the first to hear. Since he was such internet writing and through the magazines, he would get the drops from, from artists people. from all around the world. Word, word, yeah. word. You know what I mean? Like it would just Queen start getting crazy. Nice, Queen Latifah, you never heard that. Ron right? never did Ron that. Ron never did dude. that. Right, like right, these right. are the tastemaker stuff. Was saying what like the tastemaker so, like, influence. You know, this don't. is Ice Too Cool Now with John Brownski. I'm here in Toronto and you're listening to. And me. even the way you recorded, you didn't yeah. record it like a UK style. Yeah. Like the way it was like the effects and the way it was done. Echo and the echo was right, crazy. Right, right. Like that's plenty of time spending sitting in the studio cutting and splicing on real to right. real. Tell them about it, DTS. Right? Yeah, that was no Pro Tools. Nah, it was true just that. like, or even getting a drop on just a little um, tape recorder. Tape, right? Yeah. Like when you got the drop for CHRY, got, we got the the Public Enemy one from Flavor Flav. It's like, oh, yeah, yo, it's you're like, listening yeah, to yeah. CHRY. That's right, baby. Cry. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. <laughs> Wow, man, that's so crazy. So you guys start the show. This is what, 89? 90? 90. 90, which it is still the longest running radio yeah. show in Toronto. I'm, I'm very happy, Dave. Thank you very much for maintaining my production ethos for like, what's it's probably It's probably the longest running show in hip-hop in North America, like... I think still probably right. in the world. Because I, I talked to Westwood again, because Westwood's shows, back on the radio in Capital yeah. in London now. And yeah, so, I was talking with Stretch, um, Stretch Armstrong. He came for his old documentary on his show and stuff. Okay. So they started a year after us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he was just saying that being here and coming to Toronto, really for the very first time, just being here. here yeah. yeah he right? Got, he, got he, he, he says, 
that he he doesn't understand the connection where everybody's calling Toronto the six because it's just it's just a number, right? Right, right. right. But to him, the feeling what he got from being in Toronto, he pretty much says Toronto is pretty much the seventh borough of yeah. hip hop. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're the ones who actually gave the American artists the chance to actually go international. True. Exactly. Right? So That's the first time the very first time before. everybody well, that was ever thing. come. Right? So as far as KRS one his very first time is coming to Toronto. Even Kane. Being on, being on, Kane. being here, on. Here, Ron here's what happened. Let me explain what happened. It's crazy. Too. So back around the early '90s, when when uh, when a lot of like hip hop was run by small independent labels and weren't getting the distribution um, that we get that they get now, so it's still kind of mom and pop's record company type stuff, and without no internet. So one of the things I started at Street Sounds was remember I started that little John Bronski management thing where yep. you you could. Bring, I worked out with Ron and then Jonathan Ramos actually started helping in this too where if you got a new artist like a young mob deep or somebody right and their new single right exactly right, bring them up and we'll give them some press junket experience they could do a show wake them up get them on time we got this little thing called Geister, Geister, music Geister, you know right, right, right. thing up here Geister. we'll give them a little TV experience but yeah. it's like a little training ground for your new young artist word and that's what happened so we ended up doing a lot of that so guess why Karis One was killing it coming up here, just soaking up the love. And a lot of Scott people. LaRock, Scott LaRock. Scott LaRock. The same. Bismarcky. Main source. Okay, big up K. Yeah, yeah, right? Because, right? Because before the album dropped, we were working the, the 12-inch, which is Think and Adam. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? What got was the, on the cold cup for? Uh, I got um, the, I got them think I got them uh think? Yeah, the, think. Cause that's think, not think. on the album. It was think. think. It was think. It was, it was think. On, it was think. It's the, it's, it's the track not on the main source. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. On the single, on the B side. That's right. First. The yeah. B side of Watch Rogers. Dude, that got me so much no, juice in New York. Yeah. Like, how the no, fuck? It was a little record. I remember the lyrics. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They were like, how the fuck you do that? Yeah. Word. Yeah. Like I mean, we should, we, we should talk about the Cold Frog compilation, yeah. right? Jabronski. Would that be the one of the first Canadian compilations to come out? No. Uh, Ivan Barry did one. Oh, yours, Cofron was first, dude. What about the Beat Fair? I came back two years, three years later, man. No, Cofron no, was the first. No, it's after. Is that after? That was like it's 96, after. 95, 95. And no, that, not, even, not even then. But yours was first. You came out first. That was the first time it was done. I, I what year did Cofron come, come out? 91. It was after 91. West, because it was West came out first on record, and then it was Cofron. There was no beef Remember, Wes had to deal with Attic, and that's when Attic got excited, right? right? And they're like, oh, Wes is blowing up. You know what I mean? When he was signed to Attic, and he did uh, the second record. It was a beef and then they compilation. I don't think it was that a was beef later. Rapper Essentials? Rapper Essentials was later. Was later after that. Rapper was way, it was like years later after that. You know what you're thinking of? The first priority compilation album. With Michi on With Michi on it, yeah. With Light and everybody else. Yeah. Oh, I can't understand you, Sam, and Chop Bill and... Dude, I'm 100%. And even yeah. things. Sure. Alliance MCs. That's yeah. on that too? Yeah. yeah. I don't do know, it, do Okay, it. so yeah, the okay. co compilation. What happened was I was writing at Street Sounds and Steve Waxman. <laughs> Waxman, Waxman. Then of Attic Records, yeah. uh, they had a government grant then, a heritage grant to put together. A, it was a music grant. Um, and they needed someone to A&R it. And that was my first A and R job, so cool. they had hired me to pretty much A and R it, and and work out the whole legal thing too in the contract. I remember uh, KGB was on Trust. it, one of my favorite groups. Um, 
And the thing was, they had given me like a 46-page contract for... The, the drill was to get six signed artists and six unsigned artists. Um, and then gave me this huge contract for everyone to go through. And I was like, no, this, you can't do that. So based on my New York record company experience, I said, we can make this a one-man deal. And I condensed it to a one-page contract and ran it through the legal department and said it was okay. And that's what I got everyone to sign. And that's, Word, that's how I got everyone on the album without any bullshit or any like legal battles. It was really quick, man. Yo, yeah, man. Really and quick. some real yeah. shit, JB. You owe me some money for taking pictures for that shit. <laughs> Straight no. up, I didn't get paid for that. No, who took? No, it was that. Right, that was Tony. That was Tony Wilkes' hand. D. Fluke took that picture, though. You know what? Who took the one of and Frankie? It was, it was, who took <laughs> that picture proof. of that's Frankie? That's the proof on the pictures. That's the proof that was before B Factor because it was at live at the barbecue. Listen, the shots. Were oh, from okay, you got barbecue. me. <laughs> yeah, so the no, one that DRK. The shots. You're talking about the shots, right? The DRK the stage shot and everything. Yeah, and, yeah, and black and, 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 I took and that. And Sweet man. Ebony's photo. Yeah, yeah. Live at the barbecue was a whole And you, Black Nation, And you, Black. Nation. I may have photos. I may have black and white photos in them. Still. You gave me copies. I got copies. Of like, yeah. Seriously, copies from that shit. That's yeah, the that, next that's, thing. We'll... That was how no, um, the um, call from started. Word, yeah. word. And like much music helped Michelle Geister. And that was the thing. It was like a really tight community. That's like, it. Like yeah. we had a New York type yeah, we, shit thing same, happening dude. here. Like you know, like it was the same thing. Dude. And I wasn't like I was like I, like you. I was untouchable. Like if you had some shit and it was hot, yeah, man, let's go. We word, run it. Word. Yo, that's how Collision got on the Master Plan show with the worst yeah. friggin' quality demo ever. ever. Right, right, okay. right, right, tough, right, right, tough, right. right. Tough, right. Tough. right. I, I just thought to Trish. is good, man. Right. Yeah, so it's like, and I tell you, twenty eight years, their freestyle is still number one. Word. Because that was easily a good half an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? Word, word, word. Little things like Remember the all nighter, all nighter, the master plan, the all night, all master. Oh my gosh! Start the recordings from that. The craziest ciphers, like all night, like I can't even put the words, man. And that was based on some New York type English type shit of like people came as far as Jersey just to come for the overnight. Wow. Yeah, every summer. We had a very, like every had a very big girl from Buffalo show up one oh, night. What? <laughs> that was like every summer, every July or summer. It was like in the middle of summer, nothing going on. Everyone knew about it. It was coming out. And they were on the radio. They were like, oh, it's yeah, coming up. We would do HTV, freestyling, Farley freestyling, Maestro freestyling, you freestyling, everybody at the mic. I'll tell you this much. KGB wasn't KGB without that night. That night happened because Thrust came on and heated up and then 10K came on and fired it up even more and then later on because we would would be at Ron Nelson studio the majority of time beats big up DJ X because that's how that started we got to that spot and we're just like chilling out it was such a, and we a take high road trips right a lot of crazy road so trips so from there it was like yo you guys should just be a duel, yo. And we was like, going to the seminar. That's it. And the, cool the gifted famous brothers. seminars, gifted brothers we, all like of us that. were at. Cool yeah. gifted like brothers. New like music that. seminar. I like, I like we that down a lot. We recording, bringing it back. Oh, KGB was crazy, dude. Because, yeah, we used to have, we were all we were all living together. And, and one of the things I remember, um, I used to get promo servicing um, as a writer for Street Sounds. So I remember I had, oh, what was it? It was the EP. It was EP. You had the Red Man album, the, 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 the Tribe, like the second, Midnight Marauders or whatever. No. We, we had it from about a year in advance. 
The Dela, the Dela, the Red Man. I remember I had, I do. We had this like a year before, and new people in New York didn't have it. No one else had like, cause John was he got such it such a taste picker. <laughs> and, and I spawned it. But hold on, that time they make like ten copies. Of, only ten of these are going around the world. So Tim Westwood, <laughs> Tim Westwood would have it. DJ Red Alert would have it, and Bronski would have it. You know what I'm saying? Like right, it was right, like right, that. Right, yeah, 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 and we. Yeah, yeah. And we just slowly let off those albums one track at a time. Okay, they can't take four of these right now. Yeah, I remember. I remember. It was crazy. Him, and X, and Scam in X's car. Oh, man. They had taken my EPMD promo oh, album. The Headbagger. The head, you see the car rocking. The Headbagger. The Headbagger. Oh, man. <laughs> it was crazy. It was, those, those are the days. <laughs> days, I'm, man. I'm tapping on the window. Give me the tape back. <laughs> you know, tape when you have so much. You're not supposed it. to hear that. <laughs> you go, okay, John, go, okay, now you can have it. I remember that. <laughs> right, John? Yeah. The headbagger. The headbagger. It was a real taste making. You had to be connected in the community and have some some talent. Like, it was cool. That but was the cool thing about that era. It was like you had a talent, you had a connection with the people, yeah. and you was out there. And if you wasn't, like, wow, you the was, one you thing, was missing out. The one thing I got to say is because there was no internet. There yeah. was TV, and yeah. a lot of the videos, what you saw on TV, you know, um, not all the time that's the track you want to play in a party. So being rebellious mm-hmm. in the way how you spin, because you, you got to have the evolution as a DJ. Yeah, so yeah, going yeah. out and having the balls to play a brand new track nobody ever heard before, guys used to get a hard on to make sure they're the ones who do that shit. Right, you know, right, right, I've been right. in Flemington Park when I played Public Enemy for the very first time. Rebel with all the pods and watched like a good two thousand people just stop, turn around, look where the sound system is. The bass kicks in and the whole place, and you see the whole place explode, man. That's it. That's it. So, you know, as far as now, music what just sent to you. Yeah. You don't even have to buy it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and people are mad at you because you're not playing their whack shit. Yep. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I would rather still go find that, you know, those hidden gems. There's so much gems what we played on the Master Plan show where other dudes tell me personally later on in life is just like, yo, I remember when you guys play, you That's know, right. Step Into My World, blah, blah, blah. I remember this, that. right? When we first started playing rear group, I remember, I remember one of the t- at the first barbecue, mm-hmm. and a couple of times, I remember people were like, "Oh, why are you playing that old music for?" And the answer was, uh, it, it, "It's still new to you." <laughs> yep. Word. I was the one spinning that shit, so I got the flack for all of that all the time, right? Right, right. Oh, that nigga is whack, yo. Why is he playing all of that while, shit? But after a while, they started figuring it out. They really, they really start to figure it out. And because that's when next say, week, oh, my, my favorite sample is next yeah, week. I remember when you played right. such and such. Oh my gosh, I was with a chick when you played such and such. You know, I remember <laughs> hearing "Riding High" for the very first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys play "Please Listen to My Demo," oh, yeah. and I, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. then I'm just like, yeah. you know, it, it got to a point where producers love when I play. Yeah, right, they were always right. around. Okay. They was all, I was about to say the production One, producers are like always meeting, around, man. Meeting K-Cut from Main Source for the very first time, he could tell you <laughs> probably the the song what I was playing because he was just like, yo, who is this dude? Why is he just rinsing tunes and rinsing tunes? 
And for like a lot of the crowd who are dancers and stuff like that, they're just like, fuck that. I want to dance. Put on some Big Daddy Kane and shit, right? But the guys who are DJs, the guys who are like beat makers and stuff, they're the ones who are coming and hitting me up in the back where I had to lock. I had chain on my crate. I had big chain with a padlock on my (laughs) crate when I stopped playing. That's before cases, okay? Because that's yo everybody was just going to trying to drag you to the record collection in the radio station. Yo, Easily, I lost the records, around 30 man. crates of records Crazy. stolen from me. Crazy. Uh, right? Crazy. But overall, it's it's just something what had to be a part. You had to be a part of it. You know, you just can't put on hip-hop. No. Right? You can't, you know, that's why I don't like that word swag. Mm-hmm. You can't put on something and just say, I am. Right? Right, right, yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly. You know, so... There is, like, I remember getting flack for wearing do-rags. Next thing you know, do-rags is the biggest craze. I'm seeing everybody wear it. And all of this happened just because of hip-hop. Right, right, Okay? All of the things that what everybody threw away and put down and looked at the end of their nose, we made it into a culture. We made it into something where we, I never even thought of like sitting here having this conversation. Right, right These are right. things where me and dude here, John Bronski, would be like outside of like Elm Band Community Center because he had an outlet back there with our tape recorder. And we're just like flipping, flipping tapes. Yo, you you know this track? You got yeah. this track? And Howie from, from Flemo would come down and check us. Me and that dude would be on the phone. Yo, you know this? You got this? But at the same time on road, Powerhouse and, and Powerhouse and Chick Dynasty, yo, those guys, yo, I hate those guys. Those guys, I hate those guys. Me and Howie will be like sitting in the back laughing at the whole of this and just going, it's like, yo, See? let's just have fun, man. Let's go uh, out. And that's it. That's what it was, that feeling of hip-hop, keeping it real is just knowing who you are and being true to the person who is around you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. That's where that homeboy and that, yeah, you know, yeah. that's my homeboy, that's my homegirl. Yo, she's from the block. He's from the block. Let's go see what's up over here. Mm-hmm. Just because of that reason. It's not like grilling people and because I'm wearing chucks now and, you know, blue pants, skin tight yeah. or whatever. Nah, nah. No, nah, no. Nah. It's it not definitely that, being authentic, man. Just... The most, Fuck co- nerd the most up, yo. you were like drawn to the most authentic person, not the one who's just the carbon copy of everything. You know what I mean? It's like well, that's hip hop, man. Yeah, that's hip hop, man. It's just like I mean, camp. yo, let's. I mean, I want to talk about the radio show a little bit more, man, sure. because that show was very instrumental in a lot of guys getting played. I Thank mean, you. college radio was the only thing we had here. I mean, we didn't get yeah. radio here till what late nineties. Probably. I think the fact that the Master Plan show was a Saturday night rap show. Word, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Because it was, what, 8 to 10? Yeah. And we're like, sometimes we were... Sometimes. You, the, we, we had a 90-minute show. show before yeah. <laughs> yeah. before it turned into yeah. a two-hour show and good, stuff like that. The regular show was after us, so it, it was like a good time for black people to actually be tuned in. It was like a good, solid... So, because of that reason alone, knowing that we're in that time slot, Knowing our culture, knowing our neighborhood, mm-hmm. right. and the whole works. Master Plan show, Master Plan DNA, we played everything. Yeah. Right. Okay? 
but we'll tell you that it's going to be at least 80% hip hop. Yeah. We don't we never really had a template mm-hmm. of how it's 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 always going to be the feeling of what the city is actually going through and what we're dealing with week to week. So if you listen last week and you listen this week, a lot of the joints you heard last week and hearing this right, week at right, all. Right, right, right. Yeah, right? Pretty quick. You know, and that's where it just kept on going and it just kept on going. So it just got to a point where for even some other radio shows, they wouldn't even put them on until you've been on Master Plan. So a lot of people would use Master Plan as, as a gauge, yeah. And with the rec- different commercial radio stations now paid a lot of attention to us. And didn't. Okay. Right? Well, yeah, no. I mean, that was the thing. I remember the time slot then because BLK had some type of show <clears throat> then, but they didn't put it on the same time the Master Plan show was on because they know it would never work. Okay. It was a rap show. The listenership was so crazy, dude. Because it was kind of weird because Mastermind 2 had a show on Dance 108, like between 6 and 5 or 5 and 6. 5 and 6. Right. Yeah. Right. So I was very conscious, and I think that you were probably conscious too, how all of a sudden the airwave time on Saturday night between 6 p.m. to 12 p.m. Well, even well, you think no, about the whole I mean, day. Hold on, hold it was right? like this because power moves right, right. Was one, one to four. One o'clock. Mastermind was five to six, and it was like you broke, you ate your dinner, and you saw if the group was really in town right. and heard the realest show ever at nighttime with the master plan. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it's I like, think this real commercial shit? radio people and broadcasters are very conscious of this. Word, word. Especially as it got into the evening hour, mm-hmm. right? Because the majority of the tracks than what we're playing, right? We're probably the only person in the country have it at that time. Word, right? So two weeks so later, unreleased from the tapes, I would we would make I would make quarter inch proper demo reels and then play those tapes in the radios because they would sound better, speed it up. Word, mm-hmm. right? So just reduplicate some of the tracks like scenario. Yeah, <laughs> just the same. Right, and play it on the radio. So again, it'd be a track you're not going to hear for a year at least. But we've been running it maybe every other week for the last six months. Six months, yeah. <laughs> like the rotation, like dude. So as DJs now, they will go down to play the records. They go down to to Star Sounds, Where's and they'll song? be like, "Yo, did you get this yet?" So that's right. where that relationship yeah, 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 yeah. with also with the rec- the 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 record store and the radio station as being DJs and going in the store, yeah, they're going to make sure your stuff is put aside. No, that's DTS's pile. Right, 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 right. right. Eugene will come to me and be like, yo, DTS, so so where are you taking? And I would say, I'm taking this. Yo, get 150 of these. Yeah. Right? Right, right, right. And on that strength alone, he would order it and buy it comes in on Thursday by Monday again he's out right and that's just a probably a good real example of that and Thrust you were actually there for this was Pete Rock and CL Smooth mm-hmm. okay we had gone to a I had taken these NMS. jokers yeah. <laughs> new music seminar just follow John Brodsky around you'll have a good time <laughs> that was KGB time too at the same yeah, time yeah exactly okay, yeah, so I we I had mentioned oh yeah I gotta go to this brunching in the afternoon and these guys were like, for who? And I was like, oh, for Pete Rock and CL Smooth. So country, come with me. So everyone came. Uh, Thrust, 
10K. Farley came. Farley Flex was Far- there. Yeah. Kish was there. Were you there yeah, too? Kishina yeah, I was, was there. there too. Right? I was there. That's and yeah. I think how many Pete Rock Seal Smooth 12 inches do you get? Um, I think DTS. I, I think I got maybe around 12. <laughs> Not talking about CDs or cassette or T-shirts or baseball caps or any accoutrement. Hold on. And thrust, how much merchandise did you get that well, afternoon? I was, I was swagged out. That's all I can say. I hate to say swag, but I was in a sense. Yo, I talked to CL Smooth for at least an that hour. The, that was the weird thing. We had such, like, the, the energy from Toronto was so real. Like, we went to that no word of a lie. As I said it, we went there, and the whole hour and a half, however long the session was, they were just talking to us. Right. They were with us. I'm not P-Rocks. The rest of them went like this. Whoever else was there, and they were just in our corner for at least 40 minutes. They just kicked the people. And what? Oh, and you guys were just building. That's how real it was. Terrence Swan was there that day also. <laughs> he was doing the deal for um, the track Heel. Really? We had the right? office at Rockefeller Plaza. We had 300 rock. Wow. We had 30 rock. <laughs> this place? <laughs> we had 30 <laughs> rock upstairs <laughs> having breakfast with P-Rocks real smooth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Crazy, there's dude. there's quite a few things In where it's just like just follow the job, bro. From they from they saw, we had what we call the key to the city, your laminate. It says Toronto, Canada, radio, and the whole works. I came back to the city easily with almost two crates of record what I didn't pay for. Wow. That's when I decided that I'm gonna stop mm-hmm. buying records. Mm-hmm. Right? I started reporting to Hits Magazine, right, with the whole Soul Controllers Master Plan show. They're going through my top 30. They're going through my most added, you know. That's also a way how I actually paid attention to who from our city was actually doing work and who was actually just, the record company was just actually paying to make sure that they they have that same kind of look but there's dudes from here what went from being under the most mentioned mixtapes underground first okay then from there they go for the most five added next as far as coming up okay Okay. as DJs you get five songs added every week so all of the promotions from the record labels will be hitting me up. I will get a crate of records within a week by every mail service you could think of. Phone calls, fax, everything is coming through. Yo, DTS, I'm going for number one added on this this week. Yo, show me some love. This is how the whole industry was. Right, right, right. right. So, two things that happened to, I think, Toronto, and I think people forget. I think it's kind of weird now because of Drake. I don't think people realize that back then that Toronto has juice. We always had juice. City <laughs> always had, had juice, juice. dude. City this always had juice. We didn't need a rapper named Drake to have it. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, okay. Right? Toronto yeah, was yeah. always cutting edge and cool, dude. Like, when yeah. you travel, it always was. And I think that yeah. fifth borough type thing really kind of yeah. makes sense yeah. now. I think New York is kind of looked at like, hmm, them cats got something over there, so we should be checking them out or going over there right. every once in a while. You know, and that's, I think, and now I recognize that is happening. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things we talk about, too, even today, is, like, how back then we would go to New York and people knew who we are. 
from Toronto. Dude, we're getting stopped in corners right. from 91, 92, yeah. 93. Catch people out, out, of car, out of cars. Tell us like, about that reggae shit. Yo, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I should go for like good food in Toronto. When I come up there, the Blue Jays are hot, son. You know what I mean? They just won the World Series back to back. World Series back to back. No pun intended. So it's a lot of kind of weird hype. Carabana, Carabana was always big. Carabana was always, always big. Bad boy floats and stuff. Yeah, Shaq and the Yeah, so, so I think too. Also, a lot of people in New York had a lot of family in Toronto because they kind of weighed out the same way people here had family there. So well, yeah, right, it's right, the right. two big multicultural cities. Yeah. There's so many things in common, and the Caribbean influence in both cities was huge. So it was a natural fit. Like I, I, my whole hip hop, all the hip hop was like I didn't learn my hip hop really like the influence of it really. In Toronto, Toronto twisted because my, I was always going every summer to see my aunt and go see my uncle, see whatever. Same with John Broski has that experience from the Bronx. Dave was always going, and then our friends started moving there. Forrest and all those guys moved down there, so we was always like in the mix like that. And back here and realizing what we had that was like, it was a group of us to realize what we had that was really different and really cool too at the same time. Yeah. Let's bring that up. You know what I mean? And Toronto also had, had like the best DJs per capita because of this whole UK thing. Yes. We had records here that they could not get in the U.S. The Played a record, right? But the, the Star man. Sounds first, we were the first to get the U.K. 12-inch. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was a big thing. Yeah. But I was one of those other DJs, but I used to read a lot of charts. Okay. From, like, the new music magazine oh, and stuff like that coming Maker. from... Coming and, and that would have... Ace Magazine. That's bringing the magazines back from London. It would have all of the different top 10 charts and stuff like that. I will go away from the norm and I will go to the record peddler. Right? On College Street. Okay. Right? It's a punk rock record store. That's right. But they the only thing they specify in is all imports. Every from all over the world. You don't get that in New York. Right? Right. Okay. So I, I will go there and it's like luck out one day and show up by JB and say, yo, look at this. Jonathan, I just got Jonathan, I just got Julian and repressed I know you got soul on 12 inch yeah. with a bonus bonus instrumental of Bobby Bird 12 inch yeah, I know you're yeah, gonna yeah. got soul on Urban yeah. Records yeah or well, what was it was it was a uh, Oh, Sweet Charles. Sweet Charles. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sweet, Charles. sweet Charles. Yes, it's you. Yeah, Baby, yeah, it's you. Like, like a, those are the yeah, kind of things. So, rareness. Rareness. It's like going to places and playing. You know, you get to be yourself. Mm -hmm. You get to be yourself. It's not that you, you go out there and you say, you know what? I got to make sure that I play for all of the bitches. Uh... I gotta make sure I play for all my homeboys. Mm -hmm. I gotta make sure. No, yeah, you just yeah, went yeah. out and you played, played. You played and you played good selection. You had good transition. You have some witty might man and whatever. And you just have a good time with it. And it didn't matter what it played. Because I played at powerhouse parties where we played slow music for an hour. That was the norm in Toronto. Right? And that was the norm. That was the norm in Toronto. You okay? Yeah. So it's like you know that's where trench a lot coat. like a lot trench of people coat. started to trench coat yeah man <laughs> they used to tight cast yeah, people I've had now. a lot of girls take me and push me up against the wall man <laughs> trench coat man. <laughs> yeah, yeah man yo so, man, wear a yeah. trench coat. I would play a party yeah, a house man. party 
and they would have to paint the next day because yeah, the wall is worn out. Man. The wall would have from all the girls wearing all the designer hard, jeans, man. the brand new yep. jeans. Girl pushing up on me in her Edwin's, yeah, man. <laughs> Edwin jeans, man. Oh, They're short ash. Edwin's, yo, yo, date was hard back then. Yo. And you all know Toronto always had the women too. That's careful, thing. Man. We always had the women. Same way we always had the women. We always careful, had the women. Man. I took DTS everywhere we went, man. The women. Every, took me too. Man. She says they need some far places. (laughs) (laughs) Come with me, young blood. All right, so I mean, like, what are you guys up to these days? I know you guys are still doing the Master Plan show. Well, I looked at it this way Um, Master Plan show is uh, something for the whole of TDOT. It comes from all communities. Word. And it's one thing why I think it just kind of just, as with evolution, you know. If you want a template of knowing how to do certain things, right? Master plan is a good starting point for you to listen. That's exactly it. And you put in, you get out of it what you put in. So the people who have came down to Master Plan Show and used it as a tool to put their name out there and stuff like that, you know, I'm just glad that I'm able to keep it warm because as all of my friends move on. Everybody right, has family. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. has all of these different things. I know I was going to be in the city because of my kids. Right. Right? And constantly. And for, like, therapy reason to me, doing that show, if I don't do that show, I, I don't feel like I would be able to operate. Mm-hmm. Word, word. From just day a part to day. of you. Yeah, it's yeah. a part of it's me, pulse, and right? it's just, yeah, and it's two hours for me. Right, know? right. It's two hours away from everything else. When mm-hmm. I take the subway in, and I do take the subway in all the time. Word, word. Right? Because that's the only way you, you get a, a feel of the city. City, yeah. I could have whatever I want to play, but yeah. I select to go down to the radio show. And by the time I get upstairs to get ready to spin, that's when I choose what my first track is going to word, be. Word, word. And right now, the majority of times, my first feel of starting the show is just honoring a good DJ and a good friend of mine, Son of Soul. So on the Master Plan show, we have a segment on the Master Plan show, which is pretty much called the SOS Son of Soul Break of the Week. And that's pretty much where all the the originals, all of that feeling where it's just like, you know, last week I did pretty much a half an hour just because we've been preempted so much because mm-hmm. of our time slot. Right. Um, it was nice, you know, and like being able to be down at Harborfront, Jungle Brothers live on the Master yes. Plan show, yes. live, yes. you know, like we're able to do those kind of things right now. Um, I got recognized for something, what I do naturally from the Royal Thompson Hall. And That's right. just yeah, being. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. To me, it's just somebody nominated me, right? And I came in the top three, right? It was nice to be acknowledged, but when I look at that, I look at it as just like it's us. You understand? Right. Because they never acknowledge a DJ ever. Mm-hmm. Right. In that, in that. Tell level. them what the award was. It's just recognition of um, pretty much what you have done personally for for, for um, music and who the was arts. who was the award by um 
It was the Royal Thompson Hall. Okay, word. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? And, you know, pretty much they did the whole photo shoot, interviews and stuff like that. So, Billboard, Young and Dundas. Young and Dun- Yeah, Young and Dundas Square, um, the Mayor's Luncheon, that's what all of that was really all cool. about. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, if you even go to... Um, they talk about the Master Plan Show and things like that? You gotta stay up on the game, son. No, but at the same time, master plan is a DNA of what makes all of these things happen, mm-hmm. right? So, um, being around young cats like DJ Romeo, Word, which is yeah. just—he is a great DJ. You man. know, he is. That's where master plan show now the evolution of that. That's why it's called master plan show generation next. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, because of that dude. Because I know that. Toronto kind of eats their young when it comes to talent and cats Speak coming up, that. right? So the struggles what that dude went through and to know where he's at right now because I said, you know what? I'm not going to be on road pushing this brand master plan show. Right. Okay? So Generation Next and everything what you're doing, anywhere you want to go, anywhere you want to get in, just say, yo, Master plan show. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We set out certain things for him to do, and he eclipsed it a hundred times over. Yeah, he's doing right? his thing, that kid, man. You know, so when you hear DJ Romeo, you, you think master plan show for the plain reason is because he's from this community as far as the evolution of, like, hip-hop and the grind, what it actually takes to put your talent out there. And the same thing goes for Eloquence. The same thing goes for, like, a DJ F-Star, which is an international... Tyson. DJ. Yeah, Power Tyson. Like, oh, there's... Really. there's a so, family tree. It's like a tree with the yeah, roots growing yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So, a plan is, you know... <laughs> Shout out it's to the, it's the It's the roots. Right? That's the jokes, dude. You know, it's just uh, pretty much the root for a lot yeah. of things what's happening in the city. And to me, it's... It all happens because of the love of what everybody had from the jump at the get-go of the whole start of it. That's why I choose not to change the show. And we had this conversation about changing the name and doing all of that. And I always spoke to the alumni, asked them what they think. The show hasn't always sound the greatest because I only could work with the talent what I have at the time and the experience what they're now developing to. So not everybody did. Yeah, because there was a lot of evolutions in that show. Over time, like Yeah, of course. It's Mm -hmm. natural. It's only Jazzy and all them guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the F star. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then even like the Eloquence. Mm -hmm. Can't wonder. Mm -hmm. Um, Did Tyson start? Did he he, he ever crank it up a bit after a bit? Tyson? Tyson Tyson just did other things. Right. right you know, right. this was a young dude what came down and did everything to help the show. And he was a big part of the start of Soul Controllers. Exactly. Right? Yeah. As far as production go, he was crazy, he was doing I met him at Star Sounds, that was the thing. Okay. I mean, you know, he went to Kipling Collegiate, he's yeah. a West End man also. Awesome, um yeah. I looked at him as a young dude, what the whole world was pretty much his. Mm-hmm. As as people say, putting people on, 
Soul Controllers put on Tyson when it was our turn to spin on Electric Circus. Okay. And he represented for the community, for CIUT and everything, really well. Because at the time they got the name mixed up and he corrected her. Yeah. On TV. Right. Right. Okay. And and that's the youngest person at the time of the camp. Yeah. Right? Because the way how we always had it been, we always had a old old ass dude somewhere in the back. And then we always have a dude what's really of now time. So meaning within the age group of yeah. that, and then we always have a really young, young person around us right. doing that. So there's, you know, there's so much people. I, I lost count of like how much yeah, people who has been down to the show, what has helped the show. That's why I take no credit for being down there the longest. Right, right. You understand? Mm-hmm. I take absolutely no credit for that because I'm not the person who is running the show. The community is running the show. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And right. behind the scenes, people just don't know what... If you can't see it, you just don't know what some of the stuff yeah. will happen because sometimes we just don't have needles. <laughs> sometimes right, right, right. certain things just don't work mm-hmm. properly. Yeah, I remember right? some of the best times too is like uh, like Caravan and Weekend uh, when no one wanted to actually... DJ on the show so we would just make a pre-mix cassette okay and I would go in and just run it and then run commercials on top of it and drop jingles on top of it and that'd be like a pure two hour mix no talking no talking and just right. straight mixing yeah, straight like goods that. little promo from Soul Controllers our mixtape was played the same weekend it drops every week every year and that was Carabana Friday right okay okay and we would play that mix on Saturday. Right. Okay? For right, two right, hours. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. And that was a marketing thing. So it just had the whole thing. So when we're on the road now and people are, and then even yeah, the, you could get it right away. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's like being on hot mix. You got to mention D Fluke and the graphics and the look and then oh. little, and it just led to little X. Right, right. That's Boom Comics. We'll boom get, Comics. Like, we'll get, it's, it's all tied to, like, before this, we have okay, so much time the, to talk, the, right? The base mental, the base mental. That's where, you know, you used to put out artists on these mixtapes. DEA, that's the right. And that would be a part of the comic, and you know, so it was all different angles, all different angles. So much was happening at the time too. So everybody kind of had their lane, but you know, they didn't. Demute flute to do the artwork for the Cold Front album. Okay. And he did the liner notes and everything. He even designed the CD cover. And, and he's the one that collected the photos. That was the thing. So the barbecue was happening. So I don't know. All these guys were taking photos. So I made Flute get at all of them to get photos. I mean, fuck. We should definitely talk about live at the barbecue. How can we not? Right? You have, to, you have wow. to really talk about that because there's so many people involved. You have to have, like, like yeah, we were X, involved. No, you guys. X, we had a lot. Hold on, hold on. We had X knows. We put Me, DTS. John, we had a lot at say, like with the barbecue, like, like you know, say the barbecue wasn't just like, because X was the man with the hottest show at the time, so a lot of people just assumed that X put together the barbecue. Yeah. The barbecue was a combination of that trip he was talking about when we went to New York, which is a road trip we took, and everybody's thoughts. It was like a collective of like seven or eight people. Like, okay, where was and it was a respect it, also a, to main source, to main source right, too. right, right, for and dropping then, that hot album, right, like, right, the concert with the free chicken. 
That so was like with organized. Where was the first? You had the release party. Like a couple the, of things. Yeah, the free chicken like we was. Got, uh, we got these ideas, man. Yeah. Go ahead, tell me. New York, because uh, um, New York seminar every summer had a huge effect. Put the light, it put the zap on people. Right. Especially guys coming out of Toronto, and because there were so many cool parties and concepts for parties, and one of them was the barbecue, and you know. And you know there were other ideas that were that we didn't use, but you know, right, right, right. free fried chicken, quarts of free quarts of fucking beer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's right. It was like, oh hey, people out of control. But the barbecue happened, and the Rivoli allowed us to use the back room, and it was perfect. And right. um, from just come on, you got my show, X's show, everyone talking about it. It was probably the only real hip hop event you Yo. could have. Mastermind was a part of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The original, the original barbecue yeah. was. Yeah. I'm talking. You guys. Uh, it was it, Power it, Move Show. Yeah, so was, and Mastermind. Yeah, Concomity was like all the radio stations. Cyclone, yeah. even Cyclone, Shaft. Cyclone, 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 Cyclone yeah. was part of. Uh, yeah, Power we had his own. Move, his own right? too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He had his own outside <laughs> of the radio show. Right. Like he had, right. A, C, so he had C4 of, Battle Station. Pretty much every radio was like nonstop blunted action. Yeah. So pretty much every radio jock. Uh, within the Greater Toronto area, had a DJ lineup spot on the on okay, the barbecue that night. Guys from CHRY and yeah, stuff too. Exactly. Okay, Chef okay. from Africa, Mastermind, um, uh, Scam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's like later on. No, that was for the first one. Got yeah, pictures too. I got pictures. I got, pictures. I got the flyer too. Yeah, I got the flyer too. And I mean the concept. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the there was the who was on the bill, but the, the, the barbecue wasn't just like a part. Like it was a party, but there was a concept to it. And yeah. a vision to you it, know, and we know took this like it was like people sitting in the house for three months, and we talked about this show, and we finally put it together on this flyer. So that's why it kind of had this effect. And down to the down to the commercial, yes. right, right. Because oh, we got to a point. Crazy, it was me, Ten K, Thrust, and DJ X. Okay, and we're sitting in Ron Nelson's studio. Yeah, that's right. Right. Later on, we got John and all of them involved in it. But overall, it's like even how we ended up getting the Rivoli. That's yeah. what really kind of put who was the person who was going to be the but first person. The, but you're going to touch on the concept part of it. That the right. part, this is the, un, the the untold part of the story. Right. Just people want to hear the untold part of the story. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. So we sat down there and we spoke about the whole thing. Like, yo, man, like reggae's taking over the whole thing. You know, oh, reggae's yeah. taking over the whole Hip hop wasn't like, even was almost knocked off the map in Toronto. Right? Mean, the last story short, there was nothing going on for like two years. Nothing. Because Ron Nelson oh, stopped yes. doing hip hop parties. Right. Ron went to right. reggae. Okay. Right. The whole thing had stopped. Okay. Okay. So we're just like, yo, we gotta do something about this. If we don't pay attention to this right now, it's just like, yo, they, they, we're gonna be the new bedroom DJs. Right. 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 So. Right. We came up with the concept like, yo, when we even make the commercial and everything like that, we're just yeah, gonna have man, like certain cool. joints. We play in it and then we go. And don't forget, there'll be accent. There will be no. There will be absolutely no. <laughs> boom, boom, tsh, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, nothing below ninety-six BPM. <laughs> right. There was. There, uh, that's. Uh, you know, like uh, live at the barbecue. Yeah. Like, who's got any? Who's got a copy of the the commercial still? Come on, that DRK. DRK, right? Or Fatsky. Fatsky is another. Fatsky had lots of that. Ron on my other too. But that people are saying live at the barbecue. You hear the people hear this. Oh, you guys talk about this stuff. That 
brought back and saved hip-hop in Toronto. From that one single night, you have the next wave of artists. Ghetto Concept got together at, the, I don't know if you know, at the Blive at the Barbecue. They weren't a group at the time. Freestyle. They just went on stage at the same, we had the open freestyle. Our freestyle was famous. Like I got a picture of it. It birthed so many. Have you seen it? See, and, uh, then, oh, check and then even the dancing, Bag of Tricks, all those yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah. That's probably when to get, oh, to play hip-hop again. The oh. dancing, it just spun that second, second wave, if you want to call it, of hip-hop, which is just the, like the heartbeat. We wouldn't be at this point to have uh, have Drake if it wasn't Black for live at the barbecue yeah the freestyle with, with Kish called up Monica Dio and all Daniel. this kind of crazy like it was like it was legendary but it, it birthed the scene Cause it like you wouldn't be you wouldn't no big spots right, no right. you like if the, we didn't do that party it wouldn't you, it would, you wouldn't we would still having this conversation either. yo I tell you straight like this it got to a point where I had the pleasure of having the alcoholics in Toronto right they're at Oakwood and Vaughn at my house. We're playing live at the barbecue that night. They came down. They did. <coughs> they did. They did the master plan show. We went over. It was at the corporate club right by Much Music on right John there. Street. On the third floor, right? And those guys were pissed because whoever promoted their show, right? They yeah. didn't have nobody at their show. And this is when Welcome to the Next Level... Oh, yeah. right, just right, 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 that yeah. album, yeah. right? Just dropped, right? They were pissed. So they were just happy to finally be in the hood where it's like you could get your herb, beer store is just like right, right, three right. seconds away. They spent at least six hours with us. And then when we did all of this, I remember we're there. Soul Controllers, they're playing. And one dude is playing their record. Right? Okay. I won't say the name of the person, but they're playing their record. Dude went up and say, yo, they're getting a lot of love. Everybody is loving the tune. Went up to use the mic. Right? And the dude is like, yo, nobody touched the mic when we're rocking the sound system. Right? Mm -hmm. Those guys mm -hmm. came back pissed. Their dancers are all serving Toronto's cats right now on the dance floor. Right? The next thing I know, I was like, they came to me the story. It's like, yo, don't watch none. We're going to rock after the sound system. We're going to shut it, shut it shut down. It down yeah. We're going to shut it down. We went. We just came back from New York. So I had got the Red Man, the Method Man, Hall High the first time. Right? Uh -huh. We played that track. When we played that track, people bum-rushed the front door. The back elevator, right, came up. I felt like people were laying crossways coming up how much people was in it <laughs> it was insane right it was insanity man then after we call up the alcoholics and they did a soul controller dub live at the barbecue word, right word, there right turned right, yeah. over the whole Old place days, right and they friggin' drop the mic and say, you know, fuck all of you because all of you motherfuckers should have been on our show. And we're just like... <laughs> oh, we're live the barbecue tonight. Yeah, 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 and we yeah, live the barbecue. I remember the horseshoe was getting mad. Like, what's this thing going on in there? You know, horseshoe, y'all know. Yeah, the Toronto, yeah. the infamous, you know, club for rock, alternative <laughs> stuff. And it was like, man, you have the Rivley, the Riv, the barbecue was, was at a venue we could only hold like, supposed to hold like 180 people we crammed like 300 in and then you looked outside the line was like from there down to like you know what I'm saying like down the block dude around the corner right and they're playing this music and all these dudes was like oh it was great I can't put it into words man you can't put it into words but it definitely breathed the air into hip hop and saved hip hop and can't like you could sit one party in concept single handedly saved it people got, cause people got so revived again 
that was the first time the community got back together again. Because once reggae was kicking, I was like, you don't listen to this. Like, reggae, like in Toronto, people don't understand, like in the late 80s, around that time when Cold Front and all that dropped, you only heard two reggae songs at a party. You heard more slow music. It was like an hour of slow music, like they were saying, or half an hour since the slow music. And then it was hip hop, and then right, whatever. Right, like, right, right, reggae right. was what? So it was like when Supercat came out. That's when the tide started to change. I remember that. Crazy. Soul right. Controllers, man. Master Plan Show. It's the Master Plan Show. Right, man. Right. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, man. I guess we should wrap it up right around there. That would be episode one of Views Before the Six. John Bronski, was a pleasure. DTS. Yo, you know I'm here, yo. You, the, you guys are the man. Thrust. Yo, Tweez, we got it in, man. Episode one. Episode it's one. Done, man. Let's, let's get this. Let's get it. We're going to wrap this. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that. Uh, well, it's just because I know all of you motherfuckers why I'm down here right now. But <laughs> 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 well, we're glad you love, love is love, yo. Love is love. All right, love. yo. Peace.